0: Welcome to a podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in McKeesport, PA. We're part of the Episcopal Diocese of Pittsburgh and the Worldwide Anglican Communion. We serve the communities at the heart of America's historic Mon Valley, and we're located at the corner of Walnut Street and 8th Avenue in downtown McKeesport. For more information, visit our website at ststephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. Our celebrant this morning was the Right Reverend Dorsey McConnell, Bishop of Pittsburgh. And our music director is Georgia Labetta.
1: Come, Holy Spirit, and kindle the hearts and minds of your faithful people with the power of your word in Jesus Christ, our incarnate, crucified, and risen Lord. Amen. It is a, uh, a joy to be back in this parish. Um, I, you know, everybody was very sweet asking me about how the drive was and, and everything. And But as I come down... Uh, and it wasn't bad, thank God for Subaru. Um, and as I, uh, as we were, Betsy and I were turning down uh, this street, you could see that sign from a long way. And um, and I, I just got to say, it's so great uh, to see "Welcome Bishop McConnell" in big, bright, yellow letters. For one thing, it's confirmation that I'm in the right place at the right time, which is always encouraging to me. Uh, and, and, uh, but it also is just a little um, example, I think, of what this place means, what uh, St. Stephen's means to, uh, to McKeesport and to this diocese. And I'm going to get there by looking at this gospel reading um, today. Uh, I'm tempted to preach on 1 Corinthians 8, uh, but uh, someone before I do that will have to explain it to me. Uh, So uh, maybe I can come back and we can all do a Bible study on that sometime, but I wanted to look at this moment of Jesus' ministry in uh, Capernaum. Uh, Now just to summarize, uh, Capernaum is um, on the sort of northwest uh, coast of the Sea of Galilee, uh, it's, a, it's a little town. Uh, it, uh, went, it had its ups and downs, let's just say that. Uh, sometimes the economy boomed, and sometimes uh, it did not. And I'm sure there were moments in its thousand-year history, that's right, that town lasted for a thousand years, Uh, when people were afraid that it was going to dry up and blow away and there were other times uh, when people were sure that the good times would never end. So it's a town essentially like a lot of towns we know, not unlike the town my father grew up in in uh, central Arkansas. And um, so he goes into this place and uh, I think the, the evidence is that things are not going so well in Capernaum. Um, and Jesus walks in to this environment and he teaches and uh, something happens. And, and what happens is that somebody in that synagogue suddenly um, opens their mouth and what comes out of him is not his own voice but this voice of what Mark calls an unclean spirit. And it's pretty frightening. Uh, the, the Spirit says, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Uh, now, this is very strange because, you know, Capernaum is not a place that is going to get a whole lot of visitors from out of town in church. So the odds are that this person is well known to this community. And I would be willing to bet that the odds are also that this man doesn't do this every Sunday, or Saturday, rather, Friday night. Um, So he has been living in this community with this unclean spirit for a long time. And it's just when Jesus comes in that the spirit is actually exposed. and, And at that point, reacts badly to the presence of the Lord and the Lord takes that spirit in hand um, and throws him out. And the response of the congregation is, look at this, a new teaching he teaches as one who has authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. Now, let's just take a little time to unpack this. First of all, what is meant by an unclean spirit in this? <clears throat> I think if you uh, go back into the Gospels and sort of listen to what Jesus says about uncleanness uh, in, in the 15th chapter of Matthew, there's a beautiful teaching in which he says actually it's, uh, he's trying to get people over uh, some of their fussiness about, uh, about the kosher laws and about washing their hands before supper and thinking that that's what pleases God. And he is basically saying, actually, no, it's not, that's not what makes a man unclean. What makes somebody unclean is not what goes into them, but what comes out of them. Evil thoughts make a person unclean because they result in all kinds of evil actions. So, um, if you will, let's take, say that uncleanness Um, and particularly unclean motives or unclean thoughts would be those that take any person away from the hope and the promises of God, Uh, that anything that's going to take somebody away from the core conviction that there is power and mercy and redemption in God, and that he desires to give that to his people, and that that's something you can count on. Now, if a town is sunk in unemployment, bad times, closed mills, uh, and the lingering after effects of repeated economic downturns, you can get a kind of common feeling in a place that there's not much hope left. Um, And a lot of people will sort of say, well, you know, what are you gonna do about it? You really can't change this. It's just the way things are and we just have to sort of wait until um, something happens. So if all you believe is what is possible is that which is right in front of your eyes and you hang out with people who believe that nothing better can happen or will happen, then that's just what you're going to see. You're going to become hopeless without even realizing it because everybody else around you doesn't have big expectations. And that means then that a person with a spirit of hopelessness, as this man in the, in the place, doesn't stand out. Doesn't stand out. He's just he's taking on the, the point of view of the rest of uh, the world until something changes. And what changes in Capernaum is that Jesus comes to town. Now, in this synagogue, we don't know exactly what he says, but, but what Mark says is that everybody who was around him and listening to him says that his teaching has something new to it, and that is authority. Authority. It has the conviction that something can be different, and, and he teaches it as if not only does he know what he's talking about, but he can make it happen. We don't know the content of that sermon in Capernaum. Uh, St. Mark doesn't tell us, but in, in Luke's gospel, we hear a sermon that is probably very much like it um, when Jesus visits his hometown in Nazareth. And he opens the, uh, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and, um, and, and what he says is uh, this, is the authority that God gives the one who preaches good news. And here it is, I am anointed to preach good news to the poor, liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, freedom to the oppressed, and the Lord's favor to those who don't think they're worth very much. And he closes that book and sits down, and everybody in the synagogue is looking at him, and he says, this is teaching today is fulfilled in your hearing, from the prophet. And they, in Nazareth, they don't react very well to this. They don't react very well. And he has to leave, even though it's the town that he grew up in. And that's when he says the famous words about a prophet is not without honor. Um, it is accepted uh, in his own country and in his own household. And so when he comes to Capernaum, he's hoping for a different reception. And I believe that he preaches the same thing. And what he gets there is a different kind of audience. People are astonished. They hang on his every word. They start to get kindled with something that they haven't felt in a long time. And I think that's hope. They start to believe evidently that things could be different that they don't have to simply be sunk into these low expectations of themselves or others, but they can believe that God is actually on their side, wants to help them, has mercy and life and power. And they start to believe it, and they start to get their hopes up. And that is why this one person who refuses to go there because of the spirit of hopelessness that is in him stands out like a sore thumb. And that's when Jesus says, well, isn't this interesting? How long has this been around? And gets rid of that spirit of hopelessness, that unclean spirit, and, um, and the rest uh, is history. Now, it's interesting, because if you look at Capernaum across the Gospels, all kinds of neat stuff seems to happen there. It's a place in which, in general, things get pretty depressed, but boy, when people are hopeful, they go a long way to doing some pretty magnificent things. That's where um, early in, uh, in Mark's Gospel, uh, there's, a, there's a moment where Jesus is teaching in a house in Capernaum. Some people say it's St. Peter's house, uh, others uh, say they don't know whose house it is, but anyway, Jesus is staying there and He's at home, and there's so many people who have caught onto this and are st- starting to say, Boy, you know, with this God, things could really be different around here. That they just crowd around the door. And a family wants to get one of their uncles or cousins, whoever it is, um, through the door to, to have Jesus lay hands on this man because he's been paralyzed for years and, and uh, they need him healed. And they can't get through the crowd. And so they go up on the roof. And take the roof apart over Jesus' head and lower the man down on ropes. And uh, one preacher I heard assumes that this is actually Jesus' house, whom they're, you know, and they're taking his roof apart. And um, when he says, uh, he looks up at the hole in his roof and says, Son, your sins are forgiven. (laughs) And, (laughs) And it may be the act of deconstruction that's just taken place. Anyway, he he blesses that man, heals him, the man gets up, takes up his mat, and walks out, walks out the door. Lepers are cleansed in that town. There are these signs of hope that keep coming up um, where unclean spirits are exposed and cast out because Jesus um, has come to town and people believe that there is power there. Now, I think if you've been following uh, this sermon, and I hope you have, that uh, you see that what, I'm, what I'm doing. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of press about the economy of Southwest Pennsylvania improving, and I think it is, uh, but we all know also that, the, that it's gonna be a long, hard slog. It just is, and, um, and that McKeesport, in general, I pick up from what I hear sort of in the environment uh, that people have been living with the same thing for so long that it's hard to imagine what something better can look like. It's just hard to imagine what that could look like. Uh, But you see, when Jesus comes to town, that something better always is manifest in specific ways through particular lives that are blessed by his mercy and show it forth. And that's what St. Stephen's is about. That's what this parish is about. That's what I get when I turn down the street and read that sign and see that light, I see the proclamation of hope. I see the proclamation of hope. And I see it and hear it in some of the work that you are doing. You know, when the listening committee from the diocese has been going around and has sort of been checking in with everybody to see sort of what missions are coming back. They came back from this parish and they said, that place is awesome. And I said, what do you mean? Well, tell me about that. Now remember, I certainly remember, and we all remember, that we're coming up on the first anniversary of the the death of David Kinsey. And I know that that was a great loss for this congregation and for this community. There are a lot of places that would simply throw up their hands and say, you know, we're just not gonna be able to get over that. We might as well just close our doors. But the fact is that what David taught you was not to depend on him, but on the God whom he was commissioned to proclaim. And Dave else and Pat, since they have come here, have kept up that proclamation. I love this little um, piece in here, which now of course I can't find, but uh, Dave, you stick in here, excuse me, I'm just gonna, I lose things all the time. Uh, not-so-idle thoughts, where Dave has a little quote here uh, from James Finley, and then he says, so much of our theology is an attempt to control God by our vain attempts to define the divine and grace. Sometimes I fear that this is the hidden agenda of religion, keeping God at arm's length. See, what you're saying is, good luck with that, keeping God at arm's length. I've never seen anybody who can who could do it successfully yet, because God simply doesn't, won't be controlled like that, right? And his agenda is to bring, in fact, healing and mercy and light. And, and so when I come here and I asked Karen uh, Slobodian just before uh, the mass to remind me some of the things that this congregation was doing, and I hear about it again, the, your support of the Ninth Street Clinic, the uh, prayer booth that was um, uh, offered through the ministerium uh, in a a local park. Um, The food baskets that you offer. And, And she says, you know, these are small. And I said, small is good. I mean, I'll tell you, it's not small to the person who gets blessed by it. It's not small to the one who can't afford medicine, except when they walk into that place and discover by the grace of God, through your generosity, they get helped. It wasn't small to the guy on the stretcher whose family was persistent enough so that they took him up to the top of the roof, cut a hole in it and let him down so that he could be blessed by Jesus. And that is what this place is doing. That is what God is doing through you. And without you, I hate to think. I mean, of course, does God work in other ways? Absolutely. But, you know, once he establishes a beacon in a place, I don't believe that he walks away from that fire. So um, I guess what I'm here to say, I, I don't guess, I know what I'm here to say, um, is that just as Jesus heralded the good news in a little place that nobody had heard of, and because they received that good news, That village and its name was inscribed in the Scriptures as a a place blessed by God, and people have heard of that town throughout the world across the last 2,000 years. If God could do that in a little place of 1,200 folks on the northwest side of the Sea of Galilee in a backwater of the Roman Empire, how much more can He do with this place, with this town? through beginnings such as he has made in you. So I'm here to say be encouraged uh, and to offer also my thanks for your faithfulness in the proclamation of this gospel and uh, the expectation that as that message gets told again and again, because it's getting told again and again across this diocese, that others will receive encouragement from it and uh, come alongside you and help you in your proclamation. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: listening to a podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in McKeesport, PA. We hope today's message has been a blessing to you. If you enjoyed it, please visit our website at ststephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. And remember, you're always welcome to join us for Sunday worship at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. Thank you again for listening and may God bless you.